Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the pig, pig skinniest time of the year. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. We've got a good one lined up for you today. We have Move the Sticks, a.k.a. Daniel Jeremiah, Scout Supreme. He's out on the road. We'll kibitz with him as he makes his way around the NFL training camps for NFL Network. And also we'll be talking a little bit of fantasy here with Michael Fabiano. That's all coming up. As always, the Dave Damashek football program is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com slash Shaq. S-H-E-K, Shaq, Shaq, Shaq. Yes, world is rejoicing. It is the footballiest time of the year because, after all, camps are underway across these United States. Football America now in full swing. And who better to talk to about all of it, what his eyeballs are telling him so far in these early days of training camp than our long-lost pal. We talked to him, obviously, during the season, then after the season, he gets us right in our brains for the draft and free agency and everything else. Then he takes off about four or five months to do goodness knows what. And then he reemerges in late July or August like uh, like the patron saint of football. It is, of course, our old pal at Move the Sticks, Daniel Jeremiah. What's the poop, fella? So is that, am I like Puxatani DJ then? Is that my nickname around there? Just you know kinda... what? But in a good way. Yeah, I mean, the, the Punxsutawney Phil is a good thing, too, because it suggests winter is almost over. You, on the other hand, at the other side of summertime, announce that even better news is here. Football is about to return. How's it going for you, DJ? I'm doing good. I'm actually in Detroit, Michigan right now. Well, you're not um, doing that well, I, then. Well, well, I'll tell you what. I've seen a part of Detroit I haven't seen before. I'm in... I'm in this hotel. I'm like on my 60th floor, hmm. looking out over a body of water. And my my geography is not very good, so I can't tell you which body of water. 
Um, I can see Joe Lewis Arena or whatever. I guess is where the Red Wings play, correct, mm-hmm. Dave? You're a hockey guy. That's correct, yes. Where the <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins won their most recent cup in 2009, of course. Well, there you go. I'm just trying to cheer you up. And, uh, and no, it's actually a really a really a pretty view I've got up here in, in Detroit. You know what they have that's pretty good in downtown Detroit? They have a lot of good Greek food. I, I encourage you to hit the really? streets and go and track some down. Just about anywhere you go there, there's uh, good Greek food right around uh, the new Tiger State. What's it called? Comerica and all that stuff. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's plenty of good food in that regard. Beautiful. I'll tell you, I got when I checked in, I got into my elevator and was coming up the elevator, and it's all, as you would expect, car people. And uh, this one guy was kind of walking in a far off distance, and they're trying to hold the elevator for him. And the three guys, it was just typical, like mid fifties, a uh, little overweight. The three guys go, "Hey, <laughs> hey what, what's the, what? That's the guy from Toyota, right? What's his name? What's his name? Bill? Hey, Bill! Bill, come on, we'll hold the elevator for you. Bill, come on in here." <laughs> it was just—it was like a piece of Detroit right in the elevator. See, I—you know—I hate the or I don't know if it's braggadocia, but I do count me and you a little bit luckier in that because we do the same thing. Like, hey, is that Willie McGinnis over there? Hey, Willie, get over here. We're—we're we're talking about uh, the best cheeses to put on your uh, your sandwich. <laughs> Willie, get over here and weigh in on this. Um, all right, DJ. Now let's talk about actual football because you've yeah. been to three camps now. You're soon to see these Detroit Lions, who I hope we have time to kibitz about too because they are about as intriguing a group to me and and how to project what they're going to be this season as any out there. But in the meantime, you have so far been where? You've been to the Giants, the Eagles, and, and the, Buffalo, the Buffalo fighting Sammy Watkins. Let's start right there. Sammy Watkins, you were positively swooning on Twitter mm-hmm. earlier or over the weekend. What did you see with him? Well, he just he, he, looks, he looks really good. I mean, all, you heard all the buzz going in there. So when I got there, I had a chance to visit with some guys from the front office and visit with some of their offensive coaching staff and even some of the defensive coaches before practice. And I was like, what? There's so much hype and buzz. I mean, it's just legit. And to a man, every single one of them said, DJ, you just wait. You'll, you'll see within five minutes what we've been, everybody's been talking about. It's easy. When you see those, you get a big-time player like that, it's, it's you know, there's not really a debate when you're like, oh, maybe, I mean, am I too high on this guy? He's, he's, he's a real deal. I mean, they – Throwing a lot of quick stuff, quick slants, get the ball in his hands, he can make people miss. Um, but then even just, just running by people vertically. And their secondary is not bad when you've got McKelvin and you've got uh, mm-hmm. uh, Gilmore. That's not a bad pair of corners, and he's running by everybody. And it really stands out because you're out there on that receiver group, and you've got Marquise Goodwin, who ran the four twos at the Combine a couple years ago as an Olympic athlete. You've got Robert Woods, who can really run. T.J. Graham's got some speed. There's a lot of speed, and he looks like Sammy. Just looks like he's on another another level. Wow, man! I mean, this is a team that a lot of people are getting excited about. And then I also see you talking about E.J. Manuel now yeah. going into year two. Where do you come down on where he is now? You weren't over the moon with him. You didn't think that no. the Bills should have drafted him where they did draft him. You know, middle of the first round in 2013. How's he look right now? Well. Still, a lot of the same issues that, that I had with him coming out, he's still got to, to work on. You know, just some footwork stuff. He needs to quicken up the pace of his drop, and then because his, the pace of his drop is a little behind, it forces him to kind of rush everything else. Um, I mean, he, he's been fine when I was there just one day, obviously. Don't want to get carried away, but the one day there, the in-rhythm throws, the quick three-step, a lot of the quick game when they get the ball out, quick out, slant, stuff like that, he's fine. And he was fine doing that stuff at Florida State. 
However, it's the stuff down the field, and it's the stuff when he has to reset inside the pocket that he still has issues. His first inclination, if he, if, if it's not there, read one, is to try and get out of the pocket and take off instead of shuffling, resetting his feet, throwing the ball accurately. So still some stuff he needs to work on there. I think when you look at their team, I mean, their defensive line, I think, is one of the best in the league. Now, the Rams are getting a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. There's Aaron Donald's created a lot of buzz, and they have Robert Quinn and Long and, and, and Brockers, and that's, you know, look, that's – outstanding but because i think it's buffalo people don't you know pay as much attention to them for whatever reason but you look at what they had last year i think kyle williams is a dt had 10 10 sacks uh darius had seven and a half i think oh you know kyle williams warren sap who's an authority on this who really sap i'll tell you this has a real knack for identifying high pedigree guys he really can pick out that guy's going to be really good you watch and see he's been saying that about kyle williams he's uh he's very hip on him he 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 had a couple moves he had a couple you know they call it the 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 hump move from reggie reggie white which he did from the outside i kind of i've always just kind of called it a forklift he had a couple of those practice where he just lifts you know 330 pound guards straight Hmm. off his feet um so he's really good then you got people forget mario williams what he's double digit sack guy jerry hughes was a double digit sack guy I mean, they, they have got a really, really good front. Now, they're going to miss Kiko Alonso at linebacker. But I really think when you look at their, their starting 22, I think you probably put their 21 up against most teams and they come out favorably. It's that 22nd guy, E.J. Manuel. Uh, that's going to decide how good they're going to be. Yeah, and, and in fact, you're not poo-pooing what E.J. Manuel might do. You just don't know f- for certain yeah. at this point. But, man, I agree with you about all that. But, and by the way, I would rather, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're the Bills, what you want him to do is to be making those in-rhythm thri- in throws because mm-hmm. it seems with Woods and uh, and now Watkins and add to that C.J. Spiller, too, you want to get the ball in the hands of these guys. They have so many playmakers on the offense. They got a lot of guys that can do something with the ball, so I mean, I think that's going to be a big part of it. They're, you know, they're doing that hurry up, fast paced deal where they, you know they stay on one. The receivers aren't switching sides; they get right back on the ball and go. Um, but I still think, look, when when you get up against some teams and they have in that division, you're going to play the Jets, for instance, and now you look at the Patriots with Revis, um, you're going to see a lot of press coverage, and teams are going to try and take away some of that quick game eventually. You got to be able to push the ball down the field. Now they got a lot bigger on their offensive line. They need to get Corey Glenn back healthy, but I think the game plan there, too, is they're going to run the ball, continue to run the ball a lot. And and when you run the ball like that, I'd like to see them with the speed they have pay that off with some big plays down the field, and, and that's an area they got to improve. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's exciting because here's the thing with uh, football, if this has never dawned on you, DJ. There are very <laughs> few teams right now that you can say absolutely will not make the playoffs. I mean, who can you say that yeah. about, really? Who is there, uh, uh, But I, I don't ask that rhetorically. Who would you say this, that team has no chance? I've identified the Dallas Cowboys, and that's it so far. I'm not positive on anybody else yet. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to come around on the Jags, aren't going to make the playoffs, and you know some a couple other teams. But, boy, it's really hard to say with certainty, yeah, that's going to be a bum group. Yeah, I mean, look, I look at, uh, you know, I know they added a lot of players, a lot of veteran players, um, but I look at the AFC West with the three teams they've got to play against. I mean, saying, you know, oh, the Raiders. That's I'd a good be one, shocked yeah. if the Raiders were playing <laughs> team days. Let me count me in that group. All right, I forgot the Raiders. That's I was focusing more on the NFC of late, but, yes, you're right. Yeah. AFC, yeah. yeah, the Raiders are out. You know, Dallas, who's just defensively. They're going to be the worst in history. I, yeah, defensively, I just don't know how they're going to do that. I you know. 
lot of respect for Rod Marinelli. And uh, if he does, uh, if he does get that defense to play at a decent clip, uh, nobody should ever question his coaching credentials. That'd be a heck of a move. All right, so now let's go from the Bills and talk about the Philly Eagles. And I'm going to name yep. drop again. I already mentioned him earlier. I mentioned Warren Sapp. I do those things, one, because I like to name drop, and two, because they provide some interesting insights. So now I bring up Willie McGinnis, who said this. I said, you know, what is the Deshaun Jackson factor here? Because in talking with him, I said – To me, that offense last year is Shady McCoy. It's not about Nick Foles. It's not about Deshaun Jackson or anything else. It has to do with running everything through Shady. So you obviously retain Foles and Shady. Deshaun Jackson seems like a major loss to me. And Willie said the offense should be better because – Imagine being a linebacker uh, linebacker, and trying to account for Sproles and Shady at the same time on the field in space. You know, they can, they can just wreck you for 60 minutes by giving the ball to either one of those guys, and it requires that a linebacker makes a one-on-one play in space on one of them. Is that pretty much uh, as simple as it sounds? Is that pretty much true? Well, I think that's, that's part of it. I, I think the thing that's so interesting with Chip Kelly's offense um, to me, you know, the people, I don't know if they realize, you know, the pace is so quick and that's what, that's what gets the attention. Well, part of that is, uh, they don't switch personnel groupings during a drive. So, you know, they, they might start one drive and this year, you know, they might start a drive with, uh, with Sproles and with Shady on the field at the same time, like you're talking about. Now let's see how they defend that. Now, if you're against a team that has a, you know, so maybe they have a really athletic group of linebackers and they, uh, they match up okay against that personnel grouping. Well, the next time they might come out, the next drive, they'll have three tight ends out there uh, with Selleck, Hurts, and, and James Casey. Well, maybe that team doesn't have the size to deal with those guys. So then that, then they will just, you'll see more of that personnel group. And then another personnel grouping, you know, you're going to see the Jordan Matthews, who's six foot three as their slot receiver. Riley Cooper's going to be outside and Jeremy Macklin. Well, now you've got two receivers that are six three plus. One of it's in the slot. If you're a team that has a you know a five foot nine slot corner, maybe that's the matchup that week. So it's just whatever whatever you know whatever the defense is going to give you, he has the ability to take advantage of it, and then he doesn't allow you to substitute. So you know you can't you you can't change it if you've got you in a bind. Uh, you're basically screwed for that drive. So to me, you know, a lot of times you get asked about these questions, and I try and account for the fantasy football people out there because it's such a big audience. And so when I look at the, the team here with the Philadelphia Eagles, I, I think a lot of these guys are going to have big weeks, but it's going to be a week-to-week. It's game plan specific. So, you know, Zach Ertz might catch eight balls one week. He might catch one the next. You know, it's just going to be all about what the defense presents to him. Any reason to think, and this is a conversation that has now gone on for what for two years, two solid years, that it was uh, you know I got I tried to get everybody, including you, on record before Chip Kelly's offense was unveiled in the NFL, and people took one side or the other. There wasn't a whole lot of shoulder shrugging. It was either this is going to revolutionize things or this is going to be a major bust. Obviously, in year one, you would call it a success. Any reason to expect that the defenses around the league use this summer and if now figured something out and maybe it'll regress or do you expect it to be even better now well you know i think there's always you know new wrinkles and i think the sproles edition that you talked about is going to be interesting uh how, how they incorporate him into the mix the one thing i will say i talked to talk to an offensive coach in the league um and he said that one of the interesting dynamics is uh, and this was a team this is a, a guy in a team that was doing a lot of this hurry up stuff a couple years ago and uh he said the first year we did it 
um, we knew as soon as we went into this mode, we got simplified defenses and we eliminated blitzing. You know, they could not give us any complex looks. We got them in a very simplified defense. We knew exactly what they were going to be doing and we could we could pick them apart. He said because they couldn't, there was no way for them to communicate a call on defense. Mm-hmm. An exotic blitz to, to the communication was too difficult, so they just do everything real vanilla. And he said now. What they've done now is a lot of times you're looking over to the sideline now. Instead of instead of a play, you know, uh, you know, the play comes into the headset of the defensive linebacker, right, who calls the play. So instead of waiting for him to get it in his headset, communicate it to his linebackers, and they got to turn around and communicate it to the secondary. Now a lot of the, the communication against those hurry-up teams is really just one signal from the sideline. All 11 guys look and get it, and that can tell them, you know, whatever exotic blitz they want to do. Hmm. So he said, now we're seeing teams – defensively being able to communicate as fast as the offense is communicating. So now they're not going to get to see these vanilla defenses. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Oh, that's a cool little insight there. And it is funny that the greatest, uh, I guess, compliment is in the copycat league of the NFL is that it seems like I, I, I can't think of very many teams that haven't announced that they're going to be running no hot huddle or fast break or whatever they want to call it. It seems like everybody in the league is going to be doing it this year. You think? And one more point, one more point on that real quick. The other, other point I'm bringing up on that is because there's more teams running it, and this is obviously simple logic, but if you're a defense and, you're all, and all these offenses are running, that means you're seeing it in practice every day. You're getting all those reps as opposed hmm. to – you know, seeing standard standard pacing, all of a sudden you go play the Eagles, and it's like, holy crap, this is fast. Well, a lot of these teams are trying to do the same thing now. Well, so, but yeah, well, that was that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Do you think then that, I mean, the simpler calls from the sideline and everything else. So what do you think? 2014, make a statement now, and I will hold you to it. Right, we etch it in concrete, black tie right there. We must decide this. This is Daniel Jeremiah announcing what it's going to be. More offense in 2014 than 2013, or will the defenses rise up and have a little bit of dignity this year? I will say that defenses will have a little bit of a bounce back in terms mm. of, you know, we don't see a 50-touchdown passer and, and things like that. I mean, I think there's you know, still going to be obviously leaning towards offense, but some of those numbers we saw last year were so crazy. I think we'll see that dial down just a little bit. All right, what about Eli Manning? He threw 27 interceptions in an apocalyptically yeah. awful year, and it, it you know it's easy to say, well, you know, Tom Coughlin has a knack for turning things around after a down season in New York. But then I started looking at the pieces, and the offensive line is still a question mark. The secondary mm-hmm. seems, you know, to be much improved, but you know, still question marks at running back. Any reason to think that the Giants are going to be relevant this year now? Well, it's going to go, you know, a lot is going to be put on Eli's shoulders. I, I do like the new offense uh, with Ben McAdoo there, having a chance to see it. I mean, it is a lot of quick-hitting passes. Um, with Kevin Gilbride's offense, they had, there was a lot of reading that needed to take place between a, a receiver and a quarterback, a lot of post-snap sight adjusting that needed to take place. And I, I referenced it on TV the other day. There was a lot of a lot of Pompke, uh interceptions where it was I thought you were going to do one of these from necessary hmm. roughness where you know they no the communication issues you know you're going to make enough bad throws on your own there's going to be tip balls you're going to be inter- intercepted and what kills you is when you when you got a receiver going right and the quarterback thinks he's going left and you get those interceptions the Giants have had a lot of those over the last couple of years so I think that'll be eliminated now because of this new offense a lot of quick hitting stuff that's really built around crews. And Odell Beckham. Now, Odell Beckham is not doing anything with the hamstring, and now last I heard he was going to go to his doctor and get it checked out. They need him uh, They need him to get out there because that's what this is going to be. It's going to be a lot of get the ball in the hands of, of Cruz and, and Beckham a lot of run. 
So, in other words, this sounds uninspired to me. This seems like 8-8 eight eight at best for that team. I think the Eagles are the most prohibitive favorite of yeah. any in the NFL, more so than even the Broncos. I'll go so far as to say, I've already said it on Twitter, I'll say it to you now, I am ready to announce the AFC West champions will be the San Diego Chargers this year. What do you think of that, DJ? That's right, I said it, and I don't take it back. Well, you know what? It's, uh, one of the things I've always liked about you is you drink your coffee bold, man. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's true. All right, a couple quick hitters from you, and then because you're on the road, hopefully as the season draws closer and closer, we can have you in studio. Oh, by the way, we're coming at you from Studio 4. It's our makeshift studio until ah. Studio 66 Maximum Strength is ready to be unveiled. Or That's just kind of... new Studio 66. Why do you interrupt every time, Black Tie? You, have, well, you I'm, feel you know black... I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad Black to interrupt because I have a question for Black Tie because I have a little bit of a music question I think might be out of your area of expertise, Dave. So All I'm right. going to direct this to Black Tie. Driving in, driving into my hotel tonight and just flipping through some stations, it caught some, you know, caught a little Iggy Azalea. And I'm just wondering, does it sound a little bit like the brat to you? Because I hear a little bit of the brat when I hear, when I hear her doing her thing. Am I way off base there? First off, good call because damn sure has no idea who Iggy Azalea is. That is, is absolutely correct. You know what? I'm is. ashamed about it. I'm ashamed of that. I didn't know that Iggy Azalea was a woman. <laughs> I had no idea. I know Iggy Pop. That's where my knowledge about singing people ends, right there. But to answer uh, DJ's question, I'm not a huge fan of Iggy, so I can't attest to that as much. But uh, she does seem to have that. Her demeanor definitely is like almost like a mix between that and like a Lady Gaga type vibe. Okay, okay. I just, I just this was the first time I, you know, I've, I've heard her before with the kids in the car, and that was one of the first times. I thought, you know what, you know, owed to the to the brat. You know, let's not forget about her. She yeah. did, she did her thing. Yeah. Um, all right, well, I, I got uh, some quick hitters for you, DJ. One, Go for it. Eli then leads us into a conversation about Peyton. You say no 50-plus pa- no touchdown passer in the NFL this season. Peyton Manning, you know, am I crazy? First of all, the all-star team philosophy that they've taken on defense doesn't exactly get me excited because I remember the Eagles, and I'm sure so do you. And on the the other hand, you know, I don't know about Monty Ball, the the, the idea that we can let Noshan walk. We have so much, so many things to address defensively that, well, Noshan's going to walk away, and now everything is about Monty Ball. I don't love that. The assumption that Emmanuel Sanders walks in the door and immediately replaces Eric Decker is specious. You and I have talked about Emmanuel Sanders and his shoddy hands over the uh, last couple of seasons there, whereas I really like Decker. And he took a shot at, he took a shot at your guy, so I can tell there's some bitterness in I heard there. that, that he said that, he, that Peyton's a way better leader. All right, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so talk to me in uh, in late January. <laughs> Let's see how well he leads you then. Anyhow, that's that's neither here nor there. What do you what do you think about this offense? What are the prospects for the Broncos offensively? Just unstoppable again yep. last year, or what? Well, I I, uh, I had a fantasy draft the other day with my buddies in some high school that we've done forever, and we always do our draft really really early. And I I drafted one player from their offense. Can you can you guess who it was? One player who I think had a, who had a great year last. Year. I think Demarius Thomas. No, Julius Thomas. Yes. All right. I see. I buy that. I like but... Julius Thomas because you look at uh, now Decker's gone, right? So that's some size. Uh-huh. Julius Thomas is already a red zone machine. 
And now you take one of the other big guys out of the mix, one less big guy. I think he gets more targets down there. I think he'll have a good year. So, Great call. Look, they got a lot of talent. They're going to win 12. They're going to win 11 or 12 games. 11 or 12, but that is lower than what they did last year, and that would open the gate for maybe the Chargers to slip past them. Yes, it's a bold prediction, but as always, here in late July, I can say such things, and I'll never mention it again unless it comes true. No one will remember in December. <laughs> no one cares. Um, last thing for you is this, DJ. All the Ray Rice noise and everything else. I feel like with Ray Rice or without him and what to me this team, as we've talked about so often, you invest twenty million dollars in your quarterback. Now there is greater weight on his shoulders to be a bigger part of things, as big a part mm-hmm. as as any quarterback already is. But of course Flacco really must carry the load now. And you know, I don't know if Ray Rice is long in the tooth or the offensive line isn't as good, even though it looks a little bit better based on names than where it was at the end of last season. But either way, I feel like this is going to be a team that's going to be throwing, throwing, and throwing a ton this year. Yes or no? I mean, I know they want to run the ball more, and they want the offensive line to play better. Hmm. Uh, you know, they need to stay. They need to stay healthy. They still. I mean, I, I'm going to go see them here in, in, uh, later this week, so I want to see it right tackle. You know, Orr's gone, and they've got Rick Wagner that's going to slide in there to see how he's looking. They had major issues at center last year. Um, I think of a kid from Tampa to see how he does. I wasn't fired up about him. So. Personnel-wise, I just don't know if up front they have the guys, if, you know, that, that they can get after people. I mean, one of the one of the losses they had last year, I don't think, um, and I throw myself in there, uh, that people didn't, you know, count on being bigger a factor was Burks uh, being gone at center. You know, hmm. you have a, you have a steadying force in there, a guy with a lot of size that could anchor down um, and keep keep things clean for Flacco. I thought that was a big drop off for him last year. So offensive line-wise, I worry about him. I think their defense will, will be better. Um, but when you just look, when you just stack up the rosters right now and look at them in that division, um, I think Pittsburgh's defense is going to be better. But I just think Cincinnati's their their roster is loaded. I don't buy. I think there is more pressure. You talk about the money and everything, and you challenge some guys. It's a great sports story, and it's one of the great elements of sports is when a guy is challenged. As I always say, mm-hmm. yes, underdog stories. The Cinderella story is grand, but to me it's even cooler when the guy has the weight of the world on his shoulders. He's supposed to do it, and he delivers in the clutch. That's my favorite thing about sports is a guy that can handle it. I don't think Andy Dalton can handle it. He's in a he's in a contract year now. We saw Flacco deal with it and obviously take him to a Super Bowl. I don't know that Andy Dalton's going to respond well if he gets some boos now that A.J. McCarron seems like a viable replacement to him. I don't know that he's necessarily going to rise to all that pressure and deal with it positively. And if that happens, I think this is the Steelers' division. I think the Steelers, if things break right, because they don't have a lot of depth, but if things break right for them and they can stay relatively healthy, I think Mike Munchak is going to make a position of weakness into a position of strength on the offensive line. Roethlisberger's ready to roll. I think Le'Veon Bell could have a gangbuster season. And the speed on defense, so much talked about. I don't know what the rookies are going to make it in uh, in their first year, but in uh, Dick LeBeau's system. But keep in mind, Jarvis Jones is in year two. This is basically like a redshirt year for him. All the speed between Timmons and Shazier and Worlds. I think this, like I say, I feel very good. And this isn't Homerism talking. I told you eight and eight, two straight years, and I was right with the Steelers on those. I think the Steelers get double digits at least this year. Well, you know, look, I I love Shazier, and I've said it, you know, having worked for two teams in that division and been around 
Dick LeBeau for a long time, that little stunt that they do with those two inside linebackers, I don't know if he's had two guys as explosive as Timmons and Shazier to run that. And it's tough to block when you've got two stiffs playing in there, not when you've got two guys like that. Uh, I think it's going to be a – it's going to be a very improved defense with a lot of speed, and they'll start getting more turnovers, more sacks. More That's turnovers. the key, That's right? What they need what they haven't had. Um, and look, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm, I've never been all in on Andy Dalton in terms of taking them anywhere when they get to the postseason. But I think their roster is still talented enough that they win that division. All right. Well, listen, we have a. Uh, you mentioned fantasy football a minute ago, and uh, in through the door here in Studio Four walks uh, the fantasy editor himself, Michael Fabiano. We're going to kibitz with him in one second. So, DJ, enjoy your time in Detroit. That's the other thing. See, we didn't even have time. We barely got to the. We barely skimmed the surface. I want to talk about Matt Stafford. You talk from a fantasy perspective. That's. I don't know if you can call him a sleeper. But get him in your top four. I'm going to talk to Fabiano about Matt Stafford. How can he not have a humongous season in 2014 with those just, weapons he's just, going to have? Just tell, just tell Fabiano, remind him that it's been maybe maybe two months. Well, a, a long time ago, I tweeted out the last round of your fantasy draft, the sleeper that you can thank me for later. Last round, you'll get him. Theo Riddick, the running back for Detroit. And then now, what do you know, camp starts and there's all kind of buzz starting to build on that kid. So well, keep an eye on that one. All right. Pat yourself on the back. You know what? I pat the both of us on the back because of our world-famous uh, plane cast that we did the day after the Super Bowl, which still stands as the most successful podcast in nice. the history of NFL media. We did, uh, we did the carriage cast with Eric Decker in New York City. Before the season starts, black tie. you got to have another transportation cast loaded up for us to go. Hot air balloon, train, I don't care what. It's me, it's DJ, it's good times. I don't, you know what, maybe we do uh, just like, uh, who'd I see? The guy, Zach Efron, and uh, what's his, her name, Michelle Rodriguez. They were riding horses in Italy. Maybe that's what DJ and I should do. We should, uh, we should we could, he and I could jump on the back of the same horse and we just ride and we talk about all of it. Headsets, wireless headsets? I don't know. We'll figure out those details. It's just you and me letting our hair down and talking about everything. Let's make put it on a beach and we're in. We're, and we're ha- it's happening. Okay, right before you hang up, though, Philly cheesesteak, Buffalo wings, New York pizza. Those are the three mm-hmm. places you've been. Yep, I will go. You know, it's not for me to say this because I've just I worked in Philly for a couple years, so I've had so many cheesesteaks, and I've kind of been there, done that. So, um I actually might go New York Pizza number one, Buffalo, uh, Buffalo Wings two, and then uh, and then Philly Cheesesteak three. I think I agree because if you have to sustain life, if that's a factor in the equation, then you definitely could live off New York Pizza more easily than the other two. And I, I don't care what anybody says. Again, called me a home. You know what? Maybe I am being a homer here. Philly Cheesesteaks, please. Those are at best the second best sandwich that the state makes. Go over to the right side of the state, namely the left side, the south the southwest uh, corner there. Pittsburgh, PA makes Primanti sandwiches. French fry slaw. Goodbye. I don't need your cheese whiz sandwich. I, I, I've been to Primanti Brothers. Come on. Don't act, don't act like I don't know anything. I'm just telling the world, DJ. I know you're a well-traveled fella, but anyway. All right, listen, you go catch up with Reggie Bush or Indomitian Sioux or whatever other fancy pants as you're going to go out. Go have some nice Greek food downtown, and we'll look forward to kibitzing with you soon. Can you just tell me real quick before I go, is, uh, is Fabiano dressed up or dressed down? He's in between, actually. He took the tie off. Fabiano, aren't you doing another one of your fancy network hits here? Those are done. NFL Now is up next, and NFL Now is more of a casual affair. I see. See, he does hey, it all. I, by the way, I've seen, you know, they keep running those clips. 
uh, of uh, the NFL Now stuff, and it is a no-tie affair, and I've just got my instructions uh, for my NFL Now appearances coming up later this month. So is that really – is that is that the way that's going down, no tie? That's right. Seems like it, yeah. And you and me, oh, DJ, are on the talking. slate. You and I are going to make magic. I don't want to I don't want to get the audience too excited, but there will be some Damashek and Jeremiah uh, oh, duos nice. on camera for you. So if for well, no I other felt, reason. I felt, I felt really, really good about the prospects of this whole NFL now thing until that information just came out. <laughs> Hang up the line on him. I don't need to accept that kind of talk. We'll talk to you maybe for the uh, for the horse cast or the hot air balloon cast. We'll see what happens. All right, Sounds DJ, All right, stay thanks, safe. Enjoy the road. See you guys. Be well. There he goes. The great Daniel Jeremiah, a.k.a. at Move the Sticks. He's the best in the business. He covers college football. He covers pro football. I should have said at the top, I gave, should have given his credentials. But, of course, if you've listened to this podcast, you certainly know them already. Former scout for the Eagles, for the Ravens, and for the Browns. That's another team we didn't get into with him. I'd love to hear what his thoughts are on Johnny Manziel. It seems like people like talking about that guy a little bit. Let's talk about Johnny Manziel. Manziel with Michael Fabiano. Here he is. Of course, like I say, he is the fantasy editor here. Of course, the uh, the NFL Fantasy Live is going to be up in full speed in a matter of time. All the fantasy draft kit is up there for you at NFL.com. Great stuff is always there. Get yourself ready because it's just about here. In fact, I know this guy's already done a draft or two. It's Michael Fabiano. What's the poop with you, fella? What's going on, brother? Uh, so how are, are you? Have you done real drafts yet or just, just mock one. drafts? Just one. What, one, to what end? What are people? What? Who's so busy that they have to get their real draft out of the way in July? It was an industry draft for a magazine, so they have to go to print. I see. Still, though, I mean, I, I've done. You know, over the years, we've done some mock drafts here in July or even early August, and you look back at it by the start of the season, and you say, "Oh, some of the things I thought." three weeks ago feel like, uh, you know, like three years ago. So what do you think? So you're still hip on Johnny football, huh? I am because I still think that in the long term, he's going to end up being the starter over the course of the season. And don't forget that just because you don't start the season as the guy for a team at a position doesn't mean you can't earn that at some point. Uh, Nick Foles wasn't a starter at the beginning of last year. Neither was Zach Stacy, just two guys that come to mind. And if Hoyer struggles, or if the Browns are going nowhere and they decide they want to put Manziel in there, that's the time when I think he'll make an impact. And I'm not saying he's gonna, not going to have his, his growing pains, because he will. But you know, Dave, you, you know exactly what the, what's going to come out of my mouth. The running with the football as a quarterback is I know, so but I, I hate to, I hate to so hammer big. this point. I mean, but you know, it was, it's been three weeks since you've been on, and I hate to go back to it, but it is the conversation as old as time, or at least as old as fantasy football has been involved in the uh, uh, space-time continuum. And it is, do you take a quarterback high or low? It doesn't make sense. As I always say, running backs, good running backs, productive ones, are rare like gold, and that's why they're more valuable. Quarterbacks are almost a dime a dozen. Look at, all you have to do is, and I did this just yesterday, Fabiano. I went and I was looking at, and also because you were saying something about what made me do it, actually it was a couple days ago, is because you mentioned something about Andrew Luck. Oh, I'm sorry, the Vic Ballard injury. I joked that the... Indianapolis Colts will run the ball three total times in 2014. <laughs> yeah. But that probably isn't that far off. I mean, all they're going to do is throw the ball. Not like, good for Trent Richardson's fantasy value. No, I guess you but don't you know, like him again this season. but Andrew Luck's going to be running the ball even more at the goal line. I think he might be the best option for you. And it, it, it again, it makes me think there is, yes, there are good. I don't mean acceptable options like, you know, 
as recently as five years ago, you could get by with Eli or Roethlisberger as your I starting leave quarterback. With Matt Moore. I always like to bring that up. That is, I, that was I get three that. Years ago, but that's I think. different, though. I think those three years, I worry that that's antiquated thinking, even in the very short term future, to think I did win with Matt Moore, but that's before Cam Newton, or maybe that's the same year as Cam Newton. Cam Newton, RG3, Andrew Luck, the guys that are scoring touchdowns, running the ball, it's almost, you know, you, you think, boy, boy, Colin Kaepernick went uh, eight for 17 for 142 yards. and. Oh, that was terrible. Oh, but oh, but he still got you 18 Remember, points because he was, ran the ball in. That was Tebow every week. Yep. Tebow stunk. He would complete four passes a game and score 15 fantasy points because of what he can do as a rusher. It's so valuable. That's why, to me, last year going out on a limb and saying that Terrell Pryor was going to be a good quarterback for fantasy football purposes wasn't going out on a limb because he was going to run for for five or six fantasy points every single game. And he had a bunch of good games. He had over 100 yards rushing in one game uh, for that touchdown. And he was he was phenomenal. So Manziel, 2,000 yards plus as a rusher in college, 30 touchdowns rushing uh, at, at Texas A&M, and 15 fantasy points a game just as a running uh, – just as a runner, okay? Yeah, and but he's short, the, man. I'll throw th- in the passing yards in there, and you got a guy who can give you 16 to 18. I, and I do realize that he's small. I don't mean short. I mean I what I meant to say, that came out of my mouth short like, as though it's in an indictment. Like a, I have the Russell Wilson thing. He's not Russell Wilson, though, because Russell Wilson is a stout guy, whereas Johnny Manziel looks much more like a short RG3 to me. Mm-hmm. I, he looks slight to me, and that's not the primary thing even because really what it comes down to is, and I used to poo-poo this uh, about a year ago, but now I've come around on this. They're just guys for all the however great an athlete they are. Michael Vick clearly just does not have the instinct about when to give up, right. when, to, when to let up, when to lay down, whereas Colin Kaepernick, who's much bigger, a much bigger target, never seems to take a direct shot. He never takes a lick. Those are your two examples. Look at how Vic does it. Look at how Kaepernick does it. I would take Kaepernick any day because it doesn't see. And he looks like you could break him over your knee. Yeah, he's, so he's, not, a, he's a he's rail. He's a big dude. Right. But he, but he just never. When you ever see him come up gimpy from it, he just mm-hmm. is one of those guys who knows how to avoid the contact. The thing with Michael Vick was that he always believed he, he was so, he was too fast, and he believed in how fast he was. So every time he would he would look to make that splashy move and look to get that last inch. With Kaepernick, he's not as fast. He knows his body. He's good at, really, at sliding pretty well. Russell Wilson, on the other hand, he's like a baseball player. He's shifty. He moves – well, he was a baseball player, actually. He's really shifty around the pocket. He moves with purpose. He scrambles to pass as opposed to scrambling and running just to run. So Yeah, I get it. Uh, the, the, yeah, Wilson. But so what is then – but so Johnny Football is a great value. What I was going to say is whether it's auction or a snake draft and uh, big news – uh, you know, is potentially coming down in my big league, the one I talk about all the time, the one that we kick somebody out of, you know, the the last year's champion, Survivor style. Have you ever been kicked out and came back? No, I've never had. No, I've never suffered the indignity of getting the boot from the league. Well, I think that's because you know your stuff. No, it has nothing to do with that. No, no, okay. no it has nothing I to do with that. I tried to compliment you. It's damn politics. Shit. It's like you've seen Survivor. You're one of these guys who loves the the reality shows, Fabiano. Oh, I am? <laughs> oh, you don't? I thought you were a big Survivor no, guy. Oh, no. Really? Really? Uh-uh. Oh, how did I miss that? I have no idea. I just maybe I conflated that Michael with Fabiano, your love of eighties uh, uh, hair band music. No, I don't know. I, maybe I lumped TV, those no. in. Unless they're building a car or motorcycle, really? I'm not watching it. I had no idea. All right, no. well, I take that back. Anyway, you're familiar with the premise. Yes. What we do is 
you kick somebody out, the, the champion from the last year, night of the draft, you show up, all your draft prep is done, your computer's all set up and everything, and only then does the, does the winner announce who gets kicked out for the year. We've had some spectacular scenes as a result of that. My favorite <laughs> I one, imagine. as I said before, I like to name drop. I'm going to name drop again. The best one was when the bald-headed lawyer, Elliot, kicked out, uh, kicked out uh, John Hamm. Don Draper. Oh, man. <laughs> that, was the, that was the best ever. That was that was really a, and, and it didn't matter how the guy finished the year before. He no, could be kicked you out. can you can be the runner Anyone. up and get kicked out. Yeah, wow. the only way the only rose really... like the you get the rose that keeps you from uh, being kicked out. Is winning it. So you got to win it, or wow. else you could, or else you're eligible. And there are all sorts of rules. There are basically is no rule that may, you can I, I you could buy your way out of it. I wonder why no one's done that. By Have the way. you ever been in the catbird seat? I have not kicked anybody. No, so I have not won. I think I won okay. the last title before okay. we made, we went to this new system. But the, we're, we're considering not reducing, not doing the kickout this year, but instead adding a team. I don't know how I feel about this. I would love to get through unscathed, never having gotten kicked out and having to pick up my stuff and walk out and not have a fantasy well, You're, you're a well-liked gentleman uh, no, in this league. No? It's the way, that, the way it's broken. <laughs> We've, I, I don't want to say anything like that. That's getting cocky. I don't want that. All right. So I said it. You didn't. Here's the thing. So whether it's auction, which is what we do in that one, or snake, mm-hmm. Johnny Football, the best thing that could happen for you in a lot of ways is and keep the, these guys on your radar, circle these guys right now, Johnny Football, Blake Bortles, guys like that. Maybe Derek Carr, although I can't imagine he's not going to win the gig there in Oakland. But circle those guys right now because, and then stash them because they will get out there. No one's going to put any value on them if you, they announce Brian Hoyer's the Browns starter. But then you can have him for basically at the you know for a cheap last round pick. And if he ends up doing a Tim Tebow type number, you're going to be great. Which, what- by the way, I got to give you credit for because when Tebow ended up winning that job. You were all over him. And then you somehow or another jumped off the bandwagon, but you were the first Tebow guy. No, I said, yes, you what, were yeah, that's right. You the first Tebow guy. What I said was in the preseason, that was the same year that Peyton Manning had the bum neck, and people were saying, oh, he's going to play. I said, listen, I would much rather draft Tim Tebow right now than Peyton Manning because it had not been announced yet Peyton Manning was going to be out for the year. Right, right. I said, this guy, we're three weeks out. You think this guy's going to be ready to go? That's much big, more of a gamble than Tim Tebow behind, who was it, Kyle Orton or Brady Quinn at the time? Yes. He's going to get Kyle a gig. Orton. He's going to be productive. But it was offset by my but my by my fantasy snobbery. I like pedigree. I Tim Tebow. I don't want him on my team. We all like pedigree. The the thing about me, I like guys who I like good players. The thing I don't about want that guy. That people need to realize is that if Ryan Hoyer starts week one for the Browns, and say two or three weeks in they go to Manziel, he's going to be one of the hottest names off the waiver wire. Everyone is going to be clamoring for him. So say you have Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, one of the top three or four quarterbacks in fantasy football. And your strategy is, heck, I don't need to draft another quarterback. Wait until the last round and take Manziel and just let him sit in your roster. Now, if you're of the philosophy of waiting on a quarterback, which I am and you are, I'm not going to get one of these elite guys. I'm going to get a very good quarterback. I'm going to get Matt Ryan. I'm going to get Tony Romo. Uh, Maybe I'll even get RG3, depending on how the hype builds uh, over the next few weeks. But then I have to set myself up to get a second quarterback who's, who's also pretty good. So... Maybe a Philip Rivers. As well, that's that's what I want to that, get into. In that, right in that in that scenario, you can't do it. But if you have an elite quarterback or a guy you know you're going to start week in and week out at the position, and you want to just take a chance on the late rounds uh, on Manziel and stash him, why not do it? All right, that's what I want to address real quick here with you. Mm-hmm. 
if you don't get, and I absolutely now, like I say, I'm expressing that I'm on the fence. I don't know. Do you have to have Peyton Manning or, um, you know, who do you have at number two now? Breeze, uh, Breeze and then Rodgers. And then Rodgers. And then okay. four is Andrew Luck. And then Luck at four. Right. If you don't get one of those guys, mm-hmm. that, uh, and I could see making a case like, yeah, you got to get Aaron Rodgers. If you're number 10 or 11 in your draft at the back end of one, maybe it does make sense to go for Rodgers there or for Peyton if he's sitting there. If not, though, where do you take Stafford? If he's there at four? I, don't, I mean, I think Stafford. Fourth round? Yeah. I think he'll still be there. After the fifth round. Really? I think he I – mean, this drafts. is a great – I don't know if you call him a sleeper, but this is a guy circling. How is he Maybe not going to put up a big number? Yeah. It, you could argue this is the this is the best offense he, he's been in from a weapons standpoint. By he's age in his prime Golden now. Tate, and he's got Reggie, and he's got Joyt Bell. QB-friendly uh, coach. Ebron, so, right, exactly. So, I like Stafford. Stafford's right up there for me. He is right up there. I believe I have him – either at five or six. He's right behind the big three, and then Luck. I mean, Stafford could very well have a better year than any of those guys. Colin Kaepernick's another one with the legs, all the weapons he has. ahead of Kaepernick, too. Regressing defense means the offense is going to have to score more, be on the lookout for him. But so the strategy is you can wait on literally ten names will be off the board before Jay Cutler's goes. Is that true? Oh, more than that. That's what that is what it makes Fabiano the Fabiano principle work. I really think is look at the names and it will ease your brain because what you can't do is lose your cool and then reach at nine for a QB. Mm -hmm. At that point, lay out, get and so 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 throw out real quick. Give me three to five names that make sense in that range that will still be on the board at like ten or beyond. Jay Cutler being one of them. Believe it or not, Tony Romo is going to be one of them. He, he he very well could be. Mm-hmm. People are worried about the back and the fact that the Cowboys are going to stink. But Romo has finished. Well, the point is you have to get two of those 10. guys. If you get a rotation, basically, so right. it, it's like closer by committee in right. big league baseball. Don't you, you don't just ride with Aaron Rodgers. Now you need to get two you guys. But if get, you flip-flop based on matchup, that's going to work out, I would think. You could get Romo there. Russell Wilson, you, you could get there. I bet that's another Jay one. Jay Cutler. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, you can get there, and Alex Smith, who actually was pretty good during a, a good portion of last year. How about Ryan Tannehill? Just, I like Tannehill, but the problem is that the position is so deep that he may not even be drafted in a lot of leagues, or if hmm. he is, last three rounds. Take that, but, but, but that's is, the point, though. So again, so there you're... is some talent to be had there at the quarterback position late with with Bill Lazor there. They're going to be throwing the ball vertical a little bit mm-hmm. more. Mike Wallace is going to be more comfortable. They're going to uh, someday convince him to run a little bit, too. Because he's got that skill to yeah, run, and right. he refuses to use what it. What do you have, 24 touchdown passes last year? He Where just do you have, to cut down on his turnovers. And is RG3 higher up then? He's, he, oh, he is going certainly, to, yes. Oh, he I, is going to be up there. RG3 right now is one of the six best quarterbacks in fantasy because Gruden's there, because they got Deshaun Jackson, because the knee brace is no longer an issue. So um, RG3... The hype is building on him, so I don't know if he's going to get out of the fifth or sixth round. And then you think about Foles. There's so many quarterbacks. It really is. So it may be worth three or four more points to you weekly. Mm-hmm. But, I see, Fabiano always convinces also. me of this annually. I always I always get a little nervous. Maybe I should go away from this philosophy, and then Fabiano gets me back in. Don't I think it, it is buddy. the winning thing. Don't running back, wide receiver, yes. running back. Those need to be your three picks in whatever order they go in. Yep. Although I would do your best to get one of the top eight running backs. And I wouldn't if you mind going can. tight end in round five if I can get Gronkowski because – 
you never know with Gronkowski. So wow. I'll roll the dice with Gronkowski in round five. I'll have two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end. Then I'll take a, another running back, another wide receiver, and then see how the flow of the draft Boy, if he could give you a healthy a quarterback. Year. What about Colt Lairla? Well, that's what else I wanted to talk with Fabi. I mean, with uh, DJ about, too, how he looks. The, uh, the ne'er-do-well from Oregon now in Green Bay. If he explodes, egad, imagine that Packers offense if they get a, sure. a viable tight end again. All right, listen, Fabiano kibitzes and kibitzes some more about fantasy football. He's now going to go do it on the new app, the uh, NFL Now. Make sure you yes, get uh, get on board with that. ASA and P, it's going to be grand stuff. Things tailored to your interests, to your teams, four, five, six times and a day. You'll teams. get nice little videos, fantasy and so on and so forth. It's mm-hmm. going to be great stuff. And like we say, Fabiano will be there. I'll be there. DJ and many others will be. Fabiano, great stuff. As usual, we'll keep this uh, ball rolling as uh, as your drafts, your fantasy drafts, draw closer and closer. I will consult you. I think mine is the Tuesday before kickoff. We do it right before. I'm going to have literally 10 drafts within like a week and a half period. It's going to be awesome. I know. That's, That's what that, I live for. And guess what? Fabiano gets paid to do it. Not a bad gig. I man. love it. Not I love it. Gig. I love when it's like, oh, we got to do another draft. Oh, oh, yeah, we're getting paid to, to <laughs> talk about fantasy football. Yes. It's all good. It ain't bad. It's all good. Um, all right, listen. Great stuff out Thanks, of pal. you. Great stuff out of uh, – and by, tell me again. I always forget. Just give your your Twitter. It's always confused me with that. Michael dumb. underscore Fabiano because Michael Fabiano is an opera singer, uh, and he got to Twitter before I did. But the underscore thing throws me. All right. I'm and sorry. then, of course, at Move the Sticks. I'm at Damashek. Black tie over there is at producer TD. Follow all of us for all the uh, breaking news. I don't know what news black tie are going to break, but just the same. Do it for the fun of it. Um, And uh, we'll be, oh, you know what? This is our one and only podcast of the week um, because black tie and I are jumping on an airplane and going to Canton, Ohio. Not the same airplane, though. Is that right? No. We're on different flights. You're going to Pittsburgh. I'm I'm going by way of Atlanta. Oh, yeah. see, you're using it as an excuse to pay a visit to your family. Well, I'm eh? only there for a couple hours. No, I'm going to go see. I'm going to see Mo Damashek and nice. the old man and the, and the rest of the family out there. And But that'll only be – I'll only have time for maybe one Permani sandwich mm. or maybe a Minio's pizza or maybe both. Then I'll go to Canton. Then we'll kibitz with all the gold jackets. Then maybe I'll try to pass back through Pittsburgh to finish off whatever food I don't have in my first go-round. So that's uh, my on my agenda there. If you see me in uh, Canton, Ohio, uh, please come up and uh, and say hello and be uh, – be gracious without overbearing. Please don't make eye contact with me. I don't like that. No. Um, please come up and say hello to me. And Black Tie will be floating around. He'll be the one with the uh, camera on his shoulder. And uh, Except I'll... I won't be with the camera on my shoulder. You won't? No, we have a crew. We have oh, a... that's right. I forgot about that. Black Tie's just crew. producing. He's just producing the whole thing, right? Excellent. All right. So we'll be milling around there uh, over the next uh, next few days. We'll look forward to catching up with some of you then. Otherwise, we'll talk to you on the other side of the weekend. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 